Climbing to the cockpit with pilot and Wing Square's chief legal officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cockpit Council. My name is Tim. I'm the Chief Legal Officer at Link Squares, and uh, today we got Andrew Moffat from Wayfair. Uh, welcome. Uh, really happy to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. Excited to have a conversation with you. So uh, the the podcast is pilot theme. I'm a, I'm a pilot. I fly small planes. Um, we ask everybody the same question okay. uh, to, to kick off, and it's what's your pre-flight ritual? And it's not meant to be metaphorical. It's before you get on a plane, do you have some sort of a ritual or, or a habit that that you uh, that you do every single time? Yeah, I think um, my pre-flight ritual would really have to be trying to relax before getting onto the flight. So I like okay. to show up a little bit early. Nice. If I can jump into a lounge, that would be great. Um, but if not, uh, just making sure you're there plenty of time so you can relax on the flight. So kind yeah. of basic, but really just taking it easy as you get into the flight. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's always good to get get into the right mindset, particularly like, you're based in Santa Monica, right? So Correct. I imagine you probably are doing a, a number of cross-country flights per year. It's not yeah. like a you know, 45 minute hop down to JFK from here, right? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and fortunately, you know, I'm not too far from LAX given, you know, how traffic is. Right. But yeah, absolutely. So it's always good to hop over to Boston or the East Coast and yeah. hang out with the team over here as well. Did so. you take the red eye? Did you take a morning flight? Uh, I took an evening flight. So okay. I got in, uh, you know, late evening here, but it wasn't too bad. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, you, get, you got a really interesting background. Wayfair, super cool company. Um, you know, obviously big Boston roots with Wayfair. Yep. Uh, their their offices were like uh, right like right across uh, right across the street from us when when I was at DraftKings. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, I would love to hear a bit about your career path. What what brought you to Wayfair and what you're doing there now? Yeah, I got lucky. Ended up at Wayfair, somewhat of the dream job. But uh, on the path here, right out of college, I you know headed out to California. Jumped in at a program management role, actually, that was a quasi product role, trying to track large data sets and how you're able to share and, and create insights to that. And so um, I built that first product on the foundation of Salesforce, really, to help correlate some of that data. Um, and then moved to New York City doing some of the very similar uh, some of similar work, uh, really launching product uh, adoption throughout New York City under the new mayor, of Bill de Blasio at the time, so many okay. years ago. Um, and that was a really cool experience as well, working in that space and, and launching new products and, and acquiring user adoption across city with government officials, which is also a challenge. Sure. Um, and then I got the opportunity to move into a, an actual law firm. So I became embedded at a law firm to help build out a proof of concept for a product. Okay. Very similar routes of trying to share heavily compliant data across jurisdictional lines, mainly yeah. within government agencies okay. um, and across state lines. And that was a proof of concept that caught fire, which was a cool experience. It took nice. the firm by surprise. Yeah. Worked on that product for like four and a half, almost five years. Okay. And the law firm decided they didn't want to be a technology provider, which completely made sense. Yeah, um, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got to go through the opportunity of also sharing that product out with like-minded uh, partners in the space. Okay. Uh, so the product could live on. Um, yeah. 
and then moved from there over to uh, a company that was heavily funded by an investment firm that was really looking to acquire a lot of different startups within the legal tech space uh, to create a more streamlined offering. So I got to move sure. into that space and uh, drive strategy for one of those startup companies, but also creating a streamlined approach for the product offering. Yeah. Um, which was another really cool experience. I did that for a couple of years and then landed here at Wayfair a couple of years back and yeah. getting to help build out the legal technology department at Wayfair um, from the ground up to help support those verticals that fall under the legal umbrella there. So it's been a pretty cool experience. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think there's 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 absolutely a need right now for unified, cohesive, connected legal tech. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like. I think I think there are a lot of providers out there that do a, that do a fine job, you know, for uh, task based or project based yeah. tech. Like you, you think about the e discovery providers and Absolutely. like those uh, even like the e billing providers. Like yeah. they they do a fine job with totally. that and and they work yeah. right. Yeah. They work really right. well. They make life a lot easier um, than you know chasing and gathering. You know, yeah. gathering emails totally. uh, with the help of your IT team, right? And that's somehow help it, having people review them. But when you think about the day in and day out of the in-house legal team, there needs to be unification across across the products. You have your matter management products out there. Right. You have your CLM products out there. You have your, you know, entity management products. Yeah. You have your IP, you know, your IP management products out there. But totally. I think what's missing is that unification. And that's, you know, that's like a really critical part that that I think is holding legal teams back from really being able to to participate with the business the same way that the rest of their their business counterparts do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that point, it's a real balance of trying to make sure that you're not introducing a bunch of new tools to the legal team, but also creating or adopting tools that do allow for that streamlined approach where they do have that interconnectedness. So you're not constantly hopping around. Right. Um, but then also trying to find tools that do do more than just one thing that where you can actually bring them into one suite. And so trying to find that balance where you're not constantly trying to boil the ocean of bringing a tool that can do everything and usually everything poorly right. versus bringing in some <laughs> tools that are really well-founded and have um, just a large user base that's helped inform the product that really helps streamline some of the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. So aside from, and I, I think we may, be, we may be going a little bit off of what, what we had planned to talk about, but I think that's probably how this thing's gonna go. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about things besides contracts that are a big focus for you? Yeah, so for better or worse at Wayfair, and I think the expansion of GCs within the corporate environment, we do have a large umbrella of verticals that funnel up into that. And yeah. so everything from like government relations to compliance to real estate, litigation, employment, uh, and then legal ops. And so I think for Wayfair, we're really trying to take a pragmatic approach to make sure that we're investing into technologies that actually make sense to solve the basics, not always trying to you know, embrace the most leading buzzword in technologies across sure. the board, but really honing in on that pragmatic approach. And so making sure that we're kicking the tires to find tools that actually work for us, um, that are solving some of those basic needs. Um, and really the core of a lot of these tools is to allow our attorneys to work at the high end of their, their license. So they're not yeah. getting stuck in these mundane tasks. Right. And so everything from, you know, streamlining our case management systems to integrate with a lot of our internal proprietary solutions, um, 
is really what's key for us in, in terms of trying to re reduce some of that redundancy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that lawyers spend just an especially in-house lawyers, an unbelievable amount of time doing relatively low value work. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I talk about it a lot say we, you know, we at LinkSquares build software that automates things that anybody can do so that lawyers can do things that only lawyers can do. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And if we're building products that don't help with that, we're, we're missing our mission and we're missing our mark. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And I think that's really critical. I mean, you have some great talent, great folks that are working on those products, but you really want to, or projects, you really want to elevate their abilities to focus in on what's most valuable to the company as we continue to, and at legal, within legal at Wayfair, enable the business to expand not only with our market, but uh, the better customer experience at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so you're in town for a conference. What are you speaking about? Yeah, we're going to be, you know, one of the verticals that rolls up into legal at Wayfair is compliance across the board. So that's product yeah. and supplier compliance. And we'll be discussing a lot of the technologies that are in the e-commerce space that are helping um, correlate the data that is currently siloed across the supply chain, everything from really far upstream of ensuring that you don't have products based with or with lead based paint or cotton from child labor regions around the world, right. all the way to the end of the product life cycle being like after you purchase a product from Wayfair, if there are recalls or damages, like how do you ex take that data to help inform upstream so that you're continuing to improve the customer experience. And so um, that's mainly going to be the focus for our conference on Tuesday. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in that space currently um, as compliance and making sure customers have the best possible experience um, and a safe experience is is always a priority. So yeah, that's excited awesome about it. So what yeah. are you what are you doing for the weekend? Yeah, uh, <laughs> hopefully avoiding the rain. So right. here in Boston, um, yeah. but uh, just you know, I think we're going to try to get out on the water and, and do a, a, a tour of the city from that perspective. So. Yeah, absolutely. So how big is how big is your team uh, at Wayfair? Yeah, so the legal team itself has, I think, oh, we've grown a lot over the last couple of years, but I think about 50 attorneys and then many other um, teams that help support and prop up the legal team itself. And then our legal team, um, we have several engineers that help support the legal team. I think we're about five deep now. And oh, that's great. we operate really as like a tiger team. So of course at Wayfair, there are many teams that are engaging with legal driving initiatives. Yep. Um, but we also have our dedicated legal technology team that's able to go in and help push initiatives that are specific to the legal team itself. That's, that's incredible. So you're, you're able effectively to have enough influence throughout the broader organization to, uh, to make meaningful process change that. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows us to accelerate that change as well. Yeah. We don't, you know, a lot of the compliance things or, or legal driving initiatives aren't as exciting and sexy as some of the other initiatives that are happening within, within Wayfair. So it really frees up the legal team from having to go and make those persuading arguments and allows us to really just funnel in face first to enable the business to be successful within whatever initiative it would be. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's incredible to get to to get to that size and scale to to be able to have, you know, have it <laughs> have your own engineers. Gosh, yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> it's an incredible experience. I mean, even at yeah. my like last law firm, we were constantly just contracting out different engineering pods and it made it really challenging to really create that product vision and carry it forward. And that's what's really cool about Wayfair is that 
our head of GC, general counsel Enrique is really pragmatic, but also innovative and in thinking of like, how yeah. do we get ahead mm -hmm. um, and, and not miss a train on anything that's happening within the market space. Yeah. Um, always with caution, of course, as attorneys sure. always are. Yeah. Um, but it's been a really cool experience to be on a team that feels that we're here to help enable the business to expand and be successful. So. Yeah, exactly. To, to be a truly like truly centered around customer service and yeah. like viewing yourselves as, you know, servants to the business, which really a legal team is. Yeah, right? absolutely. Without absolutely. the business, there's nothing to legal on. Yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times there's a perception that legal is holding the business back. And that's just been completely contradictory to my experience um, at Wayfair of really trying to enable the business to yeah. um, move faster and in a very um, cautious but innovative mind frame. Uh, you're, you're fortunate you've got Enrique, who's yeah. one of the best of the best. Yeah, um, it's incredible working with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. So, um, so thinking about legal tech, maybe a little bit more broadly, uh, you've, you've been in this space for a number of years. What, what have you seen um, in terms of sort of the evolution of the technology? And what do you think has been the primary driver for the increase in adoption of broader legal tech beyond sort of that e-discovery? e-billing stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, law firms are hard to change and adaption is somewhat sure. challenging. And I think, uh, I mean, remember being back at the, at the embedded at a law firm and we had to go down to like an old storage unit, pull up, you know, almost 50 boxes of past legal <laughs> uh, documents. Yeah. Um, and it was really challenging to really persuade the value of having even the e-discovery tools. But I think that yeah. going through COVID really helped force a lot of this enablement of leveraging technology within the legal space yeah. and really broke down some of those barriers for attorneys on um, what actually technology can do and how it can actually reduce um, some of the more mundane tasks. And so I really think that that's been a huge enabler of allowing an increasing user adoption to help us with a lot of automation. I think yeah. it's not as um, exciting as some of the other technologies in the space today, sure. but really honing in on just fixing some of the core problems and challenges and identifying those um, before just jumping into solutioning. So I think that's really been um, a huge benefit to really just increasing user adoption, I think is right. really a big piece of it and getting everybody on board. Because if you have some folks that are not involved in the environment of the tools or the products in which you're engaging, then it makes it really challenging to have that, that through line of efficiency. Yeah. And so making sure everyone's on board is really important. I think that's critical to the, to the adoption of any technology, Absolutely. You know, like legal departments aside. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's been something that, you know, for, for me when I was at DraftKings, like, you know, we, we bought, uh, we bought link squares, right. <laughs> we bought the post signature product, um, gosh, back in 2017, wow. 2016, maybe something like that. And, you know, I, I told my team, was like, if you're going to spend money on it, you've got to use it. Right. 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 Uh, and you've got to buy into it. And you, you have to do a. You have to have a process transformation like that. That's really what it is. And I think that's where, you know, just, you know, it's no different with Looker or Snowflake or Absolutely. any other any other SaaS product, any other technology that you're going to implement. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine if you go and you buy NetSuite and, and like only 30 percent of your finance team actually uses it. Like right. that's a big problem, Huge. Like a real big problem. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, or you think about pay velocity and HR, you think about, uh, I mean, probably very different, but like GitHub, 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you think about that. And historically, that's how legal teams have operated. Right. They're like, well, you know what? It's more of a pain in the butt for me to put this contract into this system or this matter into this matter management system. I'm just going to, you know, look at it on my phone be like, yeah, go ahead and sign it and, and let the, you know, let, let the transaction go on. The problem with that is that you don't actually get any of the benefits of the system without using the system. Totally. And it, the system is there to help you scale. And I, you know, I drive this a lot and would love to get your perspective on it. Think if nowadays, if you're a GC, with maybe a few rare exceptions, depending on the type of company or industry you're in, if you are not bringing data to the table, right. you're not doing your job. It's not like it's not enough to just be good at the legal work, right? You have Absolutely. to be able to quantify the contribution you're making to the business or just full stop. You're not good at your job. Yeah, period. absolutely. Yeah, and I think leveraging the data across the board and a lot of times um, allowing the product to not only speak for itself to show the impact and how it can actually level out um, or ease up some of the burdens within the, the everyday tasks, but also finding those internal champions that really want to um, engage with these products. And then yeah. that word of mouth really does help broaden the adoption um, of any tool. And then I also think like having uh, just good old fashioned trainings with some of these folks, you know, regardless yeah. of how senior um, they are, they can be really innovative and really want to engage with technology. Mm -hmm. And then you have some others that are just somewhat more cautious at having, you know, just a quick training with them or, or guiding them through. And there are a lot of tools now that are really nice to where they have that product um, guidance throughout it when you get onto it and you need, you know, quick tips on how to navigate the, the interface. Sure. So I think a combination of those efforts really do increase user adoption. Yep. Um, and having just that broad environment, which, again, very fortunate Wayfair that we do of really embracing technologies and how it can actually support and um, ease some of our everyday tasks. Automation yeah. helps out a lot, too. It, it absolutely does. And, you know, you think about you think about the I mean, this whether it's the sales folks or I, you know, I myself do a lot of this. I, I, I write a lot about selling the dream. Right. Right. What is what is the what is the end state that you're looking for as a general counsel, um, you know, one where you provide enhanced visibility to the business as to the work that your team's performing. You are able to quantify the work that your team is performing and you're able to put it into context as to how that helps the business. Right. 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 If you're able to do that and everything else just kind of flows from that. Mm -hmm. And so the software that you use should help further one or many of those objectives. Totally. And as a leader, you have to make sure that your team is on board and believes that that is going to help them as lawyers be better at their jobs, be like have a better career path at their organization, have a better career path at the organization that they're going to go to next. Yeah, 100%. Right? And so you have some temporary pain because it's, it's like keeping your room clean, right? <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, you may not want to do, you know, like organize things and do what you need to do. But like if you just let it, you know, let it fall apart, you're going to have a messy room. Right. And everyone who walks in is going to recognize that <laughs> yeah. it's a messy room. Yeah. Right. It's not just you that's hidden. Yeah. Like everybody sees it. And it's the same thing with the legal team. If, if you're a mess, if you're unorganized, then, you know, maybe maybe with being a disorganized, chaotic mess, you can get 99 percent of the work right. done. But when somebody recognizes that 1%, it feels like 99%. Right. 
right. right? Because of that chaos. If you're organized and you're transparent about the work that's being done, if you happen to be missing some things, I don't think anyone's really going to critique you because you're doing everything else right. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really honing in on the problem that you're trying to solve. And so once you identify yeah. the, the core of that problem, you bring on the champions to help solve it and they, they really start feeling the impacts. And then you're able to t level up the data and insights across the board of, of time saved or greater efficiencies or automation. And you start telling that story. And once you're able to sh start sharing that story across the business, you really do have um, that that growth that's going to that greater user adoption because everyone can actually identify or or resonate with the story that you're sharing and just the success of that. And I think, again, it's really about trying to solve the right problem at the right time with the right tools and, and folks. Mm -hmm. you, the last thing you want to do is identify a solution to a problem, roll out a new tool, and then realize you missed the mark. And a year later, here we are stuck in the same spot. Right. Uh, and so I think, again, just like back to like my basic product roots of trying to solve that right problem at the right time with the right folks. And I think so. a lot of times legal teams have uh, have struggled with being able to articulate effectively the problem that the legal team is having. And that's where folks like you come in, right, <laughs> to help get to the bottom of that and say, like, all right, this is actually your problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, especially within the environment of, like, you have a lot of legal jargon that a lot of other people can't understand or sure. don't fully resonate with. And so a fun part of my job with being um, in legal tech for, you know, the last several years is getting able familiar with speaking that jargon as well and trying to translate that over into some of our technology side of our team to make sure that, again, we're driving towards the right goal and that it's going to solve this specific issue at hand. Um, and it, it's fortunate that we do have a legal team that is very innovative and does look forward to embracing technology. And so that does make it a lot easier as well. Yeah, so. it's, it's like a it's it's a fun part. Like, to be honest with you, a lot of practicing law can be painfully boring, oh, like very, yeah. very boring. Right. Um, and so when you're able to diversify the things that you're working on, whether that's specific legal matters that you're working on or types of issues that you're working on, or it's just generally different things that you're working on, like right. solving a, like implementing and solving a tech problem that then like makes something that was maybe a little chaotic or a little bit broken run like a well-oiled machine, totally. like gives you a sense of immediate, um, relatively immediate like gratification, right? Yeah. So much of legal work can be um, can be so something where if you do your job effectively nothing happens yeah yeah right yeah right. and i think it's trying to again trying to get the legal team to help enable the business to move into some of these more exciting spaces and, yep. and allowing um the thought partnership and brainstorming within even the legal verticals to have some overlap so you're not getting stuck in your single lane um just because you work in like the litigation litigation vertical doesn't mean you're completely separated from like the real estate side and, and how That's do these right. two teams engage what tools or best practices that they're using help you know ease up some of their everyday tasks, and then bringing in the broader business. Like, how do you have thought partnerships within your different teams across the board? Like, what is marketing doing? How are the folks over um, like in the engineering side actually looking at things and, and really leveraging the tools as a, a corporate entity itself to make sure that we are um, not only supporting each other but leveraging tools that actually make sense and be connected across the company and not just within the legal sphere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you so for for in-house legal teams that are just sort of getting started with implementing technology, um, what 
what advice would you give to maybe your first time, you know, first time GC coming in, first lawyer at the company, or maybe even replacing and, and inheriting a team of a few attorneys who really have uh, an underdeveloped tech stack? What, do you, what advice do you give that, uh, that leader? Yeah, take a pragmatic approach. And I would say, you know, don't always rush towards the most shiny solution. Really try to understand a problem, mm-hmm. fix the basics, bring in champions, like-minded folks that want to try to innovate within the space. Don't be afraid to kick the tires on the old things, the old processes you've had. Don't get stuck in the rut of doing the same thing because that's the way you've always done it and really right. trying to embrace technologies. But again, you don't want to run towards a solution that you're going to have to replace just because it's you know, got a really good marketing campaign. You want to make sure that you're actually fixing the basics and trying to solve the, the core issues at hand. Yeah, absolutely. I think about it as almost like a walk before you run. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, as far as I mean, from your perspective, what is what is one thing you wish that GCs understood about your role? <laughs> well, being at Wayfair, or maybe there's ten. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, being at Wayfair, I'm constantly going back and forth of what product manager is. I'm not actually managing physical products that we sell to our customers, but actual right. um, tools and services that we leverage and build ourselves. But really, it's the creating the through line of how all of these various verticals that roll up into RGC um, are interconnected, and that legal is here to actually help enable the business. And, and not hold us back. And I think, again, really lucky to be at Wayfair to where we have really innovative think uh, thought partners and, and sure. leaders that allow us to engage with these different tools and, and services. We have a whole team at Wayfair called Wayfair Next that's really kicking the tires on a lot of these um, innovative technologies of the future yep. and how legal has representation there. Again, not to hold back that campaign, but to really help push us forward on how we can start considering these tools and leveraging them uh, within our own uh, verticals across the company. That's awesome. So does Wayfair look at, you know, and and I'll, I'll use this broadly, but like every other support function, right? Your finance team, your HR team, et cetera. Um, does Wayfair also have you for each of those teams? Um, for a lot of them, we do have product leaders within this space that are helping drive those initiatives. Yeah. But what's unique about legal is we are so cross-functional. We're engaged right. with almost every single department within within the company. And so a lot of them may have a more narrow focus on their domain specifically as legal is so broad in terms of we want to be involved in a little bit of everything yeah. and we should be. Um, and so, yeah, Wayfair has invested uh, very heavily in, in thought partnership and, and product managers and really good engineering um, managers as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty well funded uh, engineering teams across the board, which makes it a pleasure to work with most Absolutely. of the time because you can really identify some of those technologies you want to implement that not only enable legal, but legal driving initiatives um, across the board and, and having tech partners that help support that initiative uh, make it a lot easier. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's a that's a luxury. And I'm <laughs> sure you're 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 loving every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it really is like uh, and I've you know, I've got a dream team of engineers that I work with and um, a lot of the partners in the space and Wayfair really does have a community uh, feel to it when you're in there. So we're all there to help each other. We're all driving toward the same mission of trying to make sure that our customers have the best experience and have the best product offering. So it's awesome. So are there uh, so so you started your career working in PMO, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, 
how has how has that shaped the way that you approach the your your current right going from PMO into specific product specific? Um, how has that transition been? What are some of the skills that you carried over? And do you think there are any skills that that either from how you run a product org or being a part of the PMO or running a PMO um, that you think lawyers should explore, develop, take to heart, think about? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the technology in this space over the last 10 to 15 years have dramatically accelerated and have really helped connecting communities, connecting stakeholders, breaking down barriers of how you share data. But I think across the board, the core thing that's been most successful is building those relationships, building those relationships with your customers, um, your stakeholders and your partners in this space. So regardless if it's a PMO role or in the product or just building and uh, really focusing in on those relationships. Again, so you truly understand your customer, what you're trying to solve and that we're doing it together. We're trying to ultimately solve the challenge at hand. Um, and a lot of times technology can help us with that. And other times it just takes a lot of good folks in the same room to hash it out and break down the problem uh, to identify what the long-term solution will be. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So I think I think we're running up close to time, but I know we've got a bunch of questions uh, from folks here. Alyssa, maybe we'll turn it over to you for a minute. Yes. All right. Um, so what is your hot take about legal tech? Yeah, um, legal tech. It's an exciting space to be in now, I think. Um, you know, CLMs are advancing, really helping with automation and extracting and uh, providing insights to a lot of our data. Um, I think cybersecurity is going to be an ever more um, focused in on space. Uh, legal tech's helping with, yeah, again, I've said it a million times, I think, through this, but really automation, helping remove some of those mundane tasks, enabling our attorneys to focus in on the, you know, the work at the top of their license and uh, focus on the stuff that they actually want to be working on. Um, then also democratizing access to, to legal. And so I think that as technology continues to advance, um, it's really opening up the space with across the globe on who has access and how they can access different legal, um, legal research or attorneys directly, or in some rare cases, uh, attorneys that are completely driven by technology. And so um, I think it's an exciting space to be in. Awesome. All right. How about what is your number one tip for change management when deploying legal tech? Yeah, I think uh, really finding those champions within this space. You really want to make sure that you have individuals there that are really supportive of trying to implement a new solution. So you're not constantly trying to convince everyone at the helm um, to adopt and leverage a product, but truly uh, helping bring those champions in and those like minded folks to help you uh, carry the message forward. So relationships help. Great. And then last one, how do you present the progress and success of legal tech to leadership? Yeah, I think sharing the story, showing the the data of the the amount of redundancies and nuances that have, can be eliminated or reduced and then sharing that data up, but really sharing the story across the board on how we can continue to enable the business to expand into new markets, provide uh, better products within the marketplace that are compliant and ultimately uh, giving us a more satisfied customer. Great, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Andrew, thanks so much. It's been an incredible conversation. Enrique is super lucky to have (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks for joining and definitely come back and see us next time you're in Boston. Absolutely. Uh, We'd love to to do this again. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. And for, uh, for those watching, listening, 
Follow us on the socials, give us a like, and we'll see you next time.